This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. friends, future friends, haters, and ex-lovers. Welcome back to another episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold, and today we have a pretty crazy crime. It is truly like anything else we've had on this show before. But before we get into that, I just wanted to say that I received a submission from a woman who was shamed by a partner for having HPV. Now, first off, I think shame is the devil. I think that it is such shitty and cruel behavior to shame somebody over STIs, STDs, and quite frankly, I find that real small D energy. But secondly, I I don't want this person to feel bad about themselves or feel alone because quite frankly, every person I know, every woman I know has HPV. I have HPV. I found out that I had HPV a couple of years ago and I actually found out that I had one of the scary strains that could potentially lead to cervical cancer. So I had it cryoed off my cervix, which is actually a hilarious story for another time. And I say all of this because I don't want this person, hopefully you're listening, to feel like you aren't normal. You're very normal. In fact, you're really in the majority here. And while I would absolutely never, ever, ever want you to feel bad about that, I also want you to promise me that if you do have one of the strains that can lead to cervical cancer, please stay on top of it, check it out. Anyway, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's dive into this week's episode. Today, we are lucky to have a multi-hyphenate guest. That's right. He's an actor who can be seen playing Reese in the latest season of Sex Lives of College Girls on HBO Max. He's a director whose movie Snowfalls comes out via Lionsgate on January 17th. And he's one of the greatest Photoshoppers I've ever met in my life. He's one of my collaborators and a dear friend. Please welcome Colton Tran to Crimes of the Heart. Well, thank you for having me on your show. I'm thank so you excited. Thank being here. I can't wait to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Just already. <laughs> already laying it on. Just in, in it. Okay, should we dive in? Let's dive. A quick 
Disclaimer, our episodes deal with serious incidents and triggering subject matter. If you feel like at any time you need support, please do not hesitate to grab a cocktail, share this with a friend, or contact us with your own stories. We are here to listen and liberate. Contact information can be found in the show notes. The names in the following episode have not been changed to protect the innocent or the guilty. In the city, it's city culture, it's sex in the city. Like, I don't want to reveal that I've had a lot of one night stands, but I have not had one that has led into this. It's such a bizarre situation. I just feel like it was rude. I don't know how else to describe it. It was really fucking rude. This is Cyrus Kiefer, a 20-something New Yorker living in the footsteps of Samantha Jones herself. Our story takes place in the heat of summer 2021, when Cyrus unexpectedly found himself at the intersection between a love crime and an actual crime. Cyrus was getting ready for another night out with his friends. We had been going to this event. They were doing it every Tuesday night at the Standard Highline. It was fun enough. He was dressed and ready with a healthy pregame buzz. Don't harsh my buzz. When all of his friends bailed. Where you going, man? I'm not the type of person that typically like goes out by myself because I'm not social like that. But on this night, he made an exception. The party is in full swing when Cyrus arrives alone. I was definitely like very dressed up that night. He's taking in the scene when a preppy guy, we'll call him Gene, approaches him. I assumed from the way that he was speaking to me and his interest in me, he was gay. He came up to me and he was like, let me buy you a drink. And I think because I was like, not with anyone, I kind of immediately gravitated towards this person. Jean is a tall brunette who is well-dressed but corporate, like he worked in finance. He wasn't my type. He wasn't not a good-looking. He just wasn't the person that I would typically go for. But I will say I was at a point where I was trying to get like into a thing and I was trying to meet someone in person because I'm over all of these dating apps. And so I felt like, oh, this is that moment that I've been waiting for that somebody comes up to me at a bar and buys me a drink and I'm meeting someone in person. So I should go against my type a little bit. They make light conversation like what we do in the city and what area we live in before Jean suggests they hit the dance floor. There's instant chemistry. Mother of God, I think I love you. After an hour and a half, Jean asks Cyrus if he wants to go to another club across the street. Yes! He does. And so begins their bar hopping. The way that he was acting was very gentlemanly, very nice, and everything was being bought for by him too. So he was paying for the drinks at each of these bars. He paid for the Uber back to my apartment in Brooklyn. Which is? Pretty far from West Village over to Bushwick. Though they just met. I ended up going to like six bars, so I definitely felt very comfortable (laughs) heading back to my apartment. I was kind of like, oh, this is the stars aligning. This is the universe telling me that I should go for this. They get back to Cyrus's apartment around 4.30 a.m. And Cyrus cautions Jean to be quiet. My roommates are here and they're sleeping and he seemed like taken aback. 
almost offended as if, why wouldn't I tell him that I had roommates? And I was like, why would I tell you that I have roommates? A second thought crosses Cyrus's mind. But then I was like, ah, maybe he's, you know, closeted and doesn't want anyone to know. Cyrus thinks about his two roommates and their girlfriends who are sound asleep as they tiptoe past the dog toward his room. That's where it starts to get a little bit like more muddled um, memory wise. Cyrus does remember hooking up. I do remember like having sex with him and then I must have just passed out honestly after, which is not uncommon for me. Less than two hours later, Cyrus wakes up, alone. And it was pretty early. I feel like sometimes when you drink a lot, I personally wake up so much earlier. It was early enough that I was like, oh, that's weird that this person is gone already. But Cyrus figured Jean was having one night stand scaries or something and then just like rushed out. Cyrus goes to reach for my phone to check the time. My phone's not there. His stomach drops. I immediately knew that I'd been robbed. Like everything was gone. Cyrus looks around his room and notices that all of his valuables, including his wallet and his keys, are missing. He looks under the bed to where he keeps his designer bags and all of them are gone. He definitely did some shopping and grabbed anything he could grab with just his two arms and then left. The violation left Cyrus in a state of shock. It really did feel like a nightmare because I woke up and I was like, am I still asleep? Like for a long time, I was kind of just like, this is not happening. And that's why I just laid there for a while because I was just like this definitely, logically I was like, this happened, but just emotionally, I was like, this definitely didn't happen. So I just kind of like laid there and waited for everything to kind of like reappear, which it didn't. What the hell is going on? This isn't right. He lay in bed for several hours, paralyzed by an overwhelming sense of anxiety. Finally, Cyrus gets up. He uses his work phone to log into his various bank and credit card apps to see that Jean has made several rapid attempts at charges. Jean had walked to the ATM at the corner of the street and tried to pull out money. It started with an $1,000 attempted ATM withdrawal, and then it was like $500, and then he's going down to like $100. Coincidentally, Cyrus had recently changed all of his credit cards, but he hadn't updated them yet. So all of these charges were rejected. Access denied. I mean, joke was on him because there was no money in that account at all. Jean doesn't stop with the ATM. He's attempting it on every application too. So he tries Venmo, Venmo doesn't work. Tries Cash App, Cash App doesn't work. Zelle, Zelle doesn't work. However, the transactions do show a record of who Jean is trying to send money to. Her full name was in the Zelle transaction when you see it in the account and the phone number was listed too. He sees that Jean has ordered an Uber black car that picks him up by the ATM and drives him to a random location. I was kind of starting to think, how did this guy get into my phone? And I'm pretty sure he unlocked it while I was sleeping. Cyrus isn't technical, so he didn't know about the face ID settings on his iPhone. In a weird twist, 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 twist. Cyrus notices that Jean left me my passport and one of my masks for COVID, and he just left them neatly on the bar cart by my bed. Cyrus also found several Cliff Bar wrappers that had been taken from the kitchen, eaten, then discarded in the bathroom trash. 
his mind was reeling with questions. I'm like, did he take his time kind of rummaging through things? Because if I was a thief, which I'm not, I think I would just like rush out with everything. I'd be nervous uh, that the person would wake up or something, but it seems like he really took his time. After all, Jean had less than two hours to ransack Cyrus's room, grab a snack, unlock his phone, and hit up the ATM. This guy's good. Cyrus Googles the nearest police station and starts to get dressed. I thought it was a good idea to get like really dressed up to go to this police station so I could kind of look intimidating. I don't think that was a good idea anymore because they definitely didn't take me very seriously. Cyrus sits in a packed waiting area before he's ushered into a back room with several officers. It was like four officers and we were all in a room. And that was like the worst walk of shame ever, describing this to the police. Between his anxiety, his nerves, and his hangover, Cyrus had a hard time gathering his thoughts. They're kind of asking me to describe this guy, and that was a little bit difficult because my memory had failed me from this night out, and I was like super hungover and super distraught about it. So it was just a lot of me being like, oh, I don't know how tall he was. I don't know what color his eyes were. Cyrus is humiliated. I think the kind of one night stand, everything is like shameful enough, and this added an additional level to it for me. After several hours, he leaves the precinct. I didn't really think that there was going to be much follow through with this, to be completely honest with you. With little faith that the police were taking him or his case seriously, <laughs> Cyrus decides to do some investigating of his own. We're going to get to the bottom of this right now. He takes the name and the phone number of the woman, we will call her Cynthia, that Jean had been trying to send money to. And I bought a background check service and I put this phone number in it and all of these social media profiles that were attached to the phone number, like emails, previous addresses. But one address in particular caught his attention. It was right near where the Uber dropped him off. I would say like four or five blocks away. Cyrus immediately checks her socials and he is floored by what he finds. There is Jean smiling next to Cynthia and their two kids. What? Cyrus can't believe his eyes, but. When I did this background check and kind of cross-referenced with him, their addresses are the same too. So they live at that same address. What exactly happened that night? I feel like I was targeted and I feel like, I think it was a plan and that's why I went back so many times after because I was kind of like, maybe this guy is going to the same place and doing the same thing like once every week, or maybe he's doing it at different places. But I just felt like when I really gathered all of the information that I had, this really did feel like um, not something that was just done on a whim. Cyrus gave all of this information to the police who, a year later, have yet to contact him. He was, however, able to collect about 5,000 in renter's insurance, which he recommends to listeners. Cyrus learned a lot from this experience. I put a longer passcode on my phone and I removed the face ID thing. There is just like really simple technology that I just randomly didn't have. But more importantly, I think everybody has that moment where until something happens, you're just going to keep mindlessly like 
partying with no worries or anything until something happens and then you're like, oh shit, I should be a little bit more aware. His trust issues have grown, but so has his awareness. Cyrus now refuses to go out alone. I haven't really been out without my friends since then. I party pretty hard, and if you're like that type of person, then I would definitely suggest being around people that you trust because this really could have happened to anyone. Anyone can really get swindled. When asked about this experience, Cyrus admits that it's easy to get caught up in the story of a potential romance. I love you! But that he's learned it's not always written in the stars. I'm not going to think that the universe is really controlling anything. <laughs> Congratulations, universe. You win. He's also less likely to future trip. I thought it was going to be one of those funny stories where I'm telling my friends, oh, this is how we met, you know. But now it's a very different type of story. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> wow. 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 Like, wow. Like, okay, well, so many things, first of all. Yeah. So he's, I, I, the question I had, too, is the same thing. He's like, so he's married. Is his wife, just him, he's like, okay, so how do we ma make extra money? Like, you just go, like, scam all these boys. You know what I, I mean? Know. Or is he doing yeah. behind her back? He's, because he sent it to her, so she must know. Like, that's really weird to me. Well, no, he sent the car. <clears throat> he got in a car and then went to their house. No, but isn't that he sent the money to her, Oh, he was too. trying to send the money. Oh, yeah, you're so right. So she must know that this money's just coming out of nowhere in the middle of the night. Do you know what I mean? Or in the morning or whatever. Yeah, but still so early I wonder morning. What his, I wonder what his like story is like sending her her money instead of ooh that's so weird. she must be in on it which is still all creepy that is, or maybe yeah. she just has no idea oblivious you know but and then she's just randomly getting he's like, like hey baby I'll send you some money every morning you know she's like <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, not no. I'm open to that. But for real, you're like, oh, you, sir, you would have no idea. That's No, you would have insane. no idea. Insane. <clears throat> Do you have a policy in terms of going out with friends or not? Okay, well, I, I'm a very like, social person. I love to be around people. I actually never go out alone. I just don't because I feel like I think I'd be so bored. I mean, I, I think it'd be the right like mindset. Even when I'm single, mm -hmm. I always go with my friends to go out. Like, I'm not like, okay, I'm going to go out by myself and find someone to take home. But I'm not a huge one-night stand person. Like, I've, I've only had one in my whole life, so. One one-night stand. Yes, just one one night stand. Was it memorable? Oh, yeah, I remember it all in detail because it was, I was horrified. Really? Yeah. Why were you horrified? Because it's scary. I mean, like, I think about stuff like this. You don't, this, you don't even know the person. Like, literally, I'm going over to some random person's house, and, and th there's only one reason that you go over there is to, like, fuck someone. So you're like, okay, this is really weird. You know what I'm saying? So I felt so creeped out. Like I told you, I've never had Grindr, never had any dating app like that. So I, it's, it's not normal for me to, like, go meet up with random people. I like to meet people in person, just at the gym or when I'm out or something. That's how you've met all of your boyfriends? Two of them have been at the gym. The first boyfriend I ever had was at the gym. Wow. He came up to me and hit on me but that was like so exciting because I had never like been with a guy so that was like kind of the first time the other guy I think my third boyfriend is a really embarrassing story I was at the gym and I just went through a breakup and so I, I wasn't even in the mental state to even start dating somebody but I like saw him like on the treadmill and I was like Arr? because I had never seen him there before you know so he was like a, a brand new person anyway so I was like watching him and my, and my friend worked at the front desk of the gym and so I literally like a freaking creep which I do not do this usually I went up to the desk and was like hey um who is that who is that and he was like I've, I have no idea he's new and he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, but actually, since he's visiting today, he gave me his ID. I have it right here. <laughs>
And so he pulls his ID out and shows me and he's like, thank you. And so I literally like went on his social media and like found him and then liked a couple photos. And then That's he, how he then became he, your boyfriend? And then he liked a couple of mine. And then he actually reached out to me after like liking some of his stuff and said, he's like, hey, he's like. Did he know that you were at the same gym? Did he put that together or on your first date where you're like, hey, I just well, want to let you know I am a bit of a creep. No, we did have that conversation. I, yeah, we, I told him I was a creep. Okay. I was like, I definitely got your ID and found you. He was like, <laughs> he was like, I remember seeing you at the gym, but I did not know that's how you found me. So he's like, cool. Like, cool, 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 cool. So we got a dinner that next night and uh, that's where it all began. But so I, off that, into the sunset. That, that basically seems like a one night stand because honestly, I met this person, went on like basically like a hangout the next day and like hooked up. You know what I'm saying? Basically a one night stand. But like, That's been most, uh, not most of my boyfriends, but 50% of my boyfriends, we go on one date and we're together ever since. I mean, my last boyfriend, he moved in <laughs> after the second date and we lived together for two years. Like a real psycho. I mean, I, I kind of am the same way that way. We went on that date and then literally a month later went to Spain with him. And we were together for like a year and a half. Okay, so let's go back to the one-night stand. Yes, let's go back. Do you think there was shame around a one-night stand? Yeah. You do. Okay, growing up in Utah Mm -hmm. and Mormon, too, there's so much to your upbringing that you feel ashamed of. Like, little things that they put, like, a light on it where it's like, this is all just bad. Like, drinking caffeine, Coca-Cola, swearing, like, you know, drinking, any everything's just bad. So, like, those sort of things were even more extreme, you know? When did you come out? When I was 23. So, like, yeah. I, I moved it to LA. It took a minute. It did take a minute. But I, you know what? I also, I don't feel like I knew. It was weird. Like, I actually had this conversation. My mom was visiting last week, and we talked about this, and it's, because I had a girlfriend for five years, and another one for three years, and then... <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. Your job. I'm sorry. I just, that, I didn't mean to be insulting. I love that for you. I just have only ever known you as very out. And yeah. the thought of you with a girlfriend makes me just kind of go like, what? You're like, excuse me? No, it's weird because after my first boyfriend moving mm-hmm. here, it was like four years. And again, jumped straight into my first and it was four years. Like, I'm just a relationship person. Like I, I mean, would, brag. <laughs> like, you know, so... <laughs> No, but after that one, I ended up in a relationship with the girl for a year. And that was last time. What? I know. Wow. Okay, very, let's uh, rewind. Let's, let's go so back again. So you're in Utah. You grow up Mormon. Yes. It never occurs to you in high school that you might be gay or that you're attracted to men. I feel like like a lot of gay guys say this. They're like, oh, like I'll look at guys and I'm like, they're attractive. But it's like, because I want to look like them. I want to be like them. You know what I'm saying? Like there was definitely like certain things. I'm like, okay, well, we're not stupid. Like we know who's attractive, who's not. You know what I'm saying? You have those thoughts. But you it, would think. It, but it was, I have but it was never, been with a lot of dudes that I thought were attractive and, and when like, those boyfriend goggles came off I was like that's a gargoyle <laughs> that is a literal gargoyle that I just dated what happened no but I wasn't looking at them in a sexual way so that was sure. the, that was the weird thing to me is like I never like was like oh my god that person's hot like I want to fuck them like I want to be I never thought that way but did you have any sort of sexual instincts when you were younger um or was that really repressed because of I think, how you were... I think that was repressed because I felt like that, again I was like taught that this is just bad again bad. like to have sex before marriage just like even in general like I remember like right. I was sexual with my girlfriends but like it was always seemed like such a secretive thing mm. and like I never was open with my parents about that kind of stuff because like she never asked either because it's just like something you kind of just like didn't, didn't talk, talk about. about so all that kind of stuff like you said was repressed because you just don't want to talk about it so I my mind wasn't open I think to that so I didn't let myself understand that until I moved I mean I had one experience with a guy before I moved to LA but LA is what kind of like opened it all because I was away from my family it was like I could kind of just like 
come into my own, you know? The experience before moving to LA, what was that? Okay, so my brother, he's like a couple years younger than me, and this guy messaged me on Facebook, and I told Steven, I was like, hey, does this guy go to school with you? And he's like, oh yeah, he's like, he's gay. He's like the only gay guy in our school. It's so weird, why, why would he message you? I was like, I don't know. But like in my mind, I was like, Rrr. I was like really intrigued by it, you know? Mm. Like obviously curious about it. And anyways, he asked me to go to lunch. He's like, hey, I would love to like go to lunch and talk to you, whatever, and I didn't tell my brother or anyone. But so mm. anyways, went to lunch, met the person, and then that led to like going on a night hike one day. When anyone asks you to go on a hike, first of all, that just means it. They want to murder you. <laughs> they want to murder you or they want to fuck, fuck you. you. Either way. <laughs> One of the two. Or both. Just fuck you and then murder you. Yeah. Just, you know, but Bad it, advice for anybody listening. <laughs> say no to the hike. <laughs> Go to a bar. We went on a hike at night and ended up like laying down, looking at the stars. Like he like laid his head on my chest and I was like, it was it was the first interaction like that. Right. And I was, you know, so that was kind of the first thing that Were kind you of, into it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. So and, that's when you went, uh oh. But then stuff started to happen with him. Oh. But it was like, again, a secretive thing. And I was like, I'm going to move. And so mm-hmm. kind of didn't talk about those things. And then um, to LA, that's when the first situation happened with the boyfriend, which was still very like secretive and like didn't tell my family or anything. But I booked that Disney Channel movie. And then the, when the premiere happened, my mom came out for that. And that's when she found out all of it just like unraveled at that point. And so how was that being on Disney and being gay? Did that matter at all? I mean, it typically does. That movie was kind of the one where they started to like open themselves a little more because the, the, one of the other leads, Mike Manning, who is one of my good friends, now, oh, he, yeah, Mike. Now, you know Mike, yeah. yeah. So he was openly bisexual, and, mm-hmm. and Disney still cast him as, like, one of the love interests. You know what I'm saying? And so— We love that, that Disney. Literally, it was, like, progressive at that point. So you came out pretty quickly in L.A.? Like, a year and a half after, yeah. Okay. I feel like it—I mean, it lends to, like, feeling more accepted and understanding that that's, like— L.A. is a different world in general, and, like, realizing, oh, wow, like, this stuff is okay, and I have a, a community that I can, like, relate to, and, like, people that are going to be there for me if yeah. my family doesn't understand. Right. You know? And that nobody really— cares. No. At the end of the day, I, I feel like you can like come out and it depends on how you go about the whole situation. Like for me, I didn't make a big deal about it and it just wasn't. I mean, it, my, my mom had an issue for like a second and then, but the, everyone else wow. was pretty easy. How did you work through that with your mom? <sighs> that Yeah, that, that's still she, one of her biggest regrets. She's like, I wished I didn't react the way I did. Wow. You know, because I'm so close to her. Yes, and I, I know th- that. But, but I also understand that when you're so close to someone like that, you they would expect to be one of the people you would open up to and tell. Mm-hmm. And so being lied to like that, I think is where it, you just feel so betrayed that uh, the anger comes from there. You know, it stems from that. But when it happened, yeah, she was the only person. My stepdad, my dad, everyone was like so... My, my sister's gay as well, so she came out like five years before me. But that wasn't a big deal to my mom or to whatever. But when it was me, because I'm like the oldest child, and she's they've always like held me on this weird pedestal. So it's like, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, oh my God, he's, this person who's supposed to be perfect isn't anymore. You know what I mean? And Utah and the... Mormon culture makes you feel like perfection exists and you're supposed to strive for that, mm. which doesn't clearly. That was something I had to like really struggle through on my own is like perfection does not exist. Like you cannot keep trying to but be perfect. But also being straight does not in any way make somebody perfect. Well, I I, I know, but like there was just so many, again, like I said, everything's so extreme there. Yeah, of course. That you feel like anything that's abnormal is not perfect. And it's right. like, I can try to fit in that box and be perfect, but right. it's like those are people that have the most problems anyways. And so you think that some of your shame around one night stands or casual sex in general stems back from that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, the way wow. I was, like, raised, 100%. And... Yeah, but like me and my mom had a conversation like, and I told her like, hey, like I can't believe you've respond, re- reacted this way. And I, it was right before Christmas too. I was like, I'm going to come see my dad, but like I don't want to see you. I just, you know, and so it, it was really, really hard on her. She thought she like lost me. And so we had a conversation and ended up being like very real with each other and like bawled our eyes out with each other on the phone. And it was, it was really nice because I think she understood like it's more important for me to love and accept whatever's happening than lose someone in your life, you know? Because mm-hmm. like, I think that fear of seeing that's a potential is, but well, it you're was- You're so lucky. I know, I know. I've heard like horror stories of these situations. And so mine was pretty mild, like compared to what I've heard. But 
Wow. Still, it was really effect like affected traumatic. me with my mom. With my mom's situation, it was traumatic to me. Yeah. Otherwise, I have so many amazing people around me that like are you know, and she's amazing now too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But it well, was just it was like a moment. You but know? coming but it, out was rough. Yeah, it was. But again, like it was, I knew that I had like a community and people. And at that time, I had a boyfriend too. You know, so it was like people who were like there and had my back and like understood and would be there for me. So I didn't feel like alone. Mm-hmm. So that one night stand. <laughs> oh, back to that question. Okay, so how did they come around? So I said I have never had like grinder and all these things, which I haven't. But I feel like Instagram, Facebook, all these things and messengers are basically like a dating app. They just are, you know. Well, if you look like you, they are. <laughs> You're like, uh, no, for real. So on on Facebook, I literally this person reached out to me, and or maybe I added them first because I was like, they're really like attractive, you know. Boy. And I like added them, and there was like these these messages just back and forth, and it was just like, hey, like you know, but it was never anything sexual it was just like hey you know whatever but did you think that it was a flirty thing the intentions were definitely flirty got it but i didn't know if it was that person that kind of you always saw and were like totally into Mm -hmm. and almost like i fantasized something about it but like never happened and so i remember one night i was by myself and it was it was just out of nowhere but like he had popped up on my facebook and so i messaged him and he's like oh my gosh i've been to this event i've had like six drinks so tipsy he's like you want to come over and i was like (laughs) just out of nowhere Anyways, this was already like 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, um, and he's like, do you want to come over? And so I like had this crazy like internal struggle with myself. I was like pacing around the house. I was like, do I do it? Do I go over there? Like, I don't know this person. This is exciting. But also, do I want to do this? I've never just met up with a stranger to hook up with someone ever. And I was like, this How is- old were you at the time? It's probably like 28. And you had been out for five years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You, like, so you're pacing around the house. And I'm like, do I do this? Do I not? Like an hour passes by. Now it's like 11 o'clock and he's and like, what hey. are you? What are you afraid of? Well, first of all, I'm. it's funny because like I'm like a very flirtatious like person and a sexual person. But when it comes down to stuff like this, I'm like so afraid of STDs. I'm afraid of just a lot of things that I'm like, I don't know this person. Like literally he probably could just like murder me and no one would know. So like I'm like, and I don't want to tell someone like, hey, can you like, this is where I'm going just in case. Like, because then they would know what why? I was doing. Oh, but why would that matter? Well, just because he murdered me, then they would know where I was at. No, I. I know oh. I have I share my location oh, with do. several friends yeah, yeah, yeah. but you don't want to tell them like hey I need to go get laid no no I can't <laughs> how are we so different <laughs> I mean at times I can be like that but like this was my first one at stand so I sure. didn't, it was kind of like a I feel like you need to ease yourself into those situations and I would totally tell people me like, I'm like I came in like a wrecking ball <laughs> Literally, I when you were on your last episode, you were talking about grinder, and you're like, "Oh, I would totally be like, oh yeah, you literally, hell yeah, I got a folder (laughs) on my, uh, literally just my photos, love a dick pic." That he was like, I know when he said uh, unsolicited dick pics and like he's like whole pics, he's like, nah. I was like, I mean, I will totally invite. All those things, so, you know. Thank you. I might pass on the whole pics, but I mean, I mean. You're like, I mean. But I'll take the dick pics. <laughs> um, okay, so okay. it's 11 at night. So now it's getting later. Yeah. And it's still not late. I mean, and you're 11, sober. Yeah, I hadn't drank anything. Yeah. So I'm like, do I just go to sleep? Should I just try to be like good about this and just like not? You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. And I was like, no, because I'm too like intrigued by this and curious about what would happen. So I like made myself do it. And I was like, fine. And so I told him, I was like, hey, yeah, I'm on my way. So got the address, got an Uber. And I was like, well, here I go. So I remember like in the car and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing it. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just so weird to me because I've, again, never done it. So I pull up. He, like, comes out to the door. 
before and like he's like all right well it's like so transactional and weird like when it stands and i think i'm not an emotional person but i like to have a connection obviously mm -hmm. like i'm it's weird to me to do that kind of stuff so go inside we're like walking up the stairs he's like hey so uh yes how's your day i was like good and like we ended up like somehow finding mutual friends that we knew, like just talking about it. it's like mm -hmm. oh yeah i know so and so whatever so i'm like okay at least like it's someone like that i can really relate to he's like let me get you a drink like it's, it was just chill so we sat and like talked for a little bit and you know and i could just talk to someone all night long but like eventually it came to the point where all of a sudden he's like so you just want to come to my bedroom i guess and i was like down the tequila <laughs> yep i guess <laughs> It was just so weird. And so anyways, go to the bedroom, obviously start getting down to business. So that whole thing happened, which I remember that in detail. But then, and then- at Could the, you enjoy it? Or were you too stressed out? No, I did enjoy it. Like, oh. I, I really enjoyed it. It was great. It was fun. But, and then but again, at, at the end of it, I was like, do I like leave now? Like in my mind, I was like, do I stay here? And I ended up sleeping there, <laughs> which was also weird. But anyway, so like woke up and had coffee together. And then just, I was like, all right, bye. And then left. And then I never spoke to him again. So. Noise. Isn't that just weird? I mean, that's not like the most exciting story, but still it was for me because that's my only one I've ever had. I'm just curious because I feel like I just was raised so differently. I don't yeah. have any weird uh, feelings around sex. There's no stigma for me growing up. So I just feel like I have a very different relationship to it. To me, it's not precious. And I it's mm -hmm. for so many people, it's precious. I'm not saying that I don't respect my body or that I yeah. don't value myself. I absolutely do. But I think a lot of people bring a lot of baggage with them when they approach sex. And it's fascinating to me. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Fun story about BetterHelp. I met a guy on a dating app and we went out and really hit it off. And he had been talking to me about wanting to get into therapy. And I actually said, well, I could probably help you there because I have this podcast that I hope you never listen to. Just kidding, just kidding. And one of the sponsors is BetterHelp and they actually match you with therapists. And I guess I was so persuasive that it worked. I don't know if he used my code and honestly that I should follow up on, but he did get a therapist. And then the next time I was supposed to see him, he let me know that he's in therapy and he's hitting pause on all of his romantic endeavors for the time being to focus on his mental health. And I'm not going to lie. I was pretty impressed. I was a little bummed, but it's hot. I'm like, I get it. That's great. I'm proud of you. When you get things figured out, please circle back because we love a man who's in therapy and also the fact that he is taking time to prioritize like his well-being is very attractive to me. So anyway, that is how I sold my date on therapy and self-cock-blocked myself. <laughs>
True story, kids. I really can't make this stuff up. But as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash crimes. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash crimes. Now back to the show. I think, again, it's the way you're raised. So like being that Mormon background totally influenced like my sexual behavior as a person and the way that I see it, the way that I perceive it, the way that I interact with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of a little more private with it because I feel like that's how I was always raised. My parents are always kind of like private about it. So it was never something that was just like talked about. I never even had like the sex talk with my parents. Like it, it was just, you know what I'm saying? It was just it was unspoken and it was yeah. weird. So this story is like your nightmare of what would happen. See, it's funny. I'm a very trusting person. So I mean, that would probably happen to me. <laughs> but like, actually I've had one time that something similar happening but it wasn't a date it was I was out with my friend who's a photographer we met up and like we had like a couple old fashions or whatever and they're like should we go to WeHo let's go, let's go to WeHo so we go there at a different bar and like I remember there was a couple of these older guys like kind of like shark circling us you know what I'm saying and like they were like here you guys want to drink and they bought us a couple drinks and I mean when people do that I'm like okay again very trusting with just a lot of people him and I sitting there having drinks and all of a sudden oh, I, I remember this story did I tell you this story I remember this story I woke up all Lights of a sudden out. blacked you woke out woke up on the street I woke up literally on the street like sitting on the side of like the building in West Hollywood my phone gone my wallet gone I like remember this. everything yes. was gone my friend was You've gone been drugged. Yeah, I was totally drugged by these people I was like what is happening which is crazy to me because I've never been drugged before I remember waking up and I was like oh my god like what do I do and I feel like I'm like an approachable person but like I remember like trying to be like okay I have to figure something out I need to go home I need to get to my computer because then I can text someone call people um and so I was just trying to like find someone who would drive me home or like at least because I didn't have my phone to call an Uber. I didn't like there's no way to do anything. And so I asked a couple of people. They probably they thought I was like crazy. They're like, no, no, no. You know, and I felt like literally on the opposite. And I was like, holy crap, these people think I'm like insane because I'm asking to use their phone or like whatever. And they're like, uh, no. And they're like walking past me I'm like this is literally not insane. Good. So yeah, I was like, good. what am I going to do? And there's this guy named Simon that I ended up running into. I didn't know. But I was like, hey, could I like use your phone for a second? I need to like figure out where my phone's at or like just how to get home. I was like, could you drive me home? Is that possible? And he's like, he's like with his friends. He was like, yeah, I'll drive you home. He brings me home. I remember like just organizing everything, trying to track my phone, see where it was at. It was totally like off the grid, you know? I was like, wow, "Wow." like totally just like You got really scammed. I did. I was like, and I wonder if it was those guys or I know they drugged me, but like that took my stuff or if someone else took advantage while I was in that state. You know, I have no idea. What happened to your friend? So the next morning I called him and I was like, through the phone, I was like, are you okay? Like, where are you? And he's like, I woke up in my house, in my bed. I don't know how I got home. I don't know what happened. And I was like, Whoa. at least you got home because I literally woke up in an alley. So that's cool. <gasps> I mean, it could have been a lot worse, honestly. That's crazy. So, that's so scary. Yeah, it was horrifying. Gosh. But again, it could have been a lot worse. So it wasn't a date story like that, but it was, I mean, still horrifying. Just get feeling like violated like that, you know? Yeah. So it is a weird thing. I, I <laughs> was out in WeHo once and was targeted by people who were trying to pickpocket. Mm-hmm. I feel like the LGBTQIA community does get targeted they, more they in do. terms of getting robbed, which is not cool. Did you find any issues navigating Los Angeles and entertainment as a gay man? trying to play either gay characters or also straight characters because you are playing a straight heartthrob on the show that you're on. Yeah. 
which is a little atypical. We've come a long way in entertainment where that's a thing. But for a long time, gay men like couldn't play straight characters. Yeah. Was that an issue for you? It's it's interesting because it's funny. Everything I typically book as an actor is always like that hyper straight like bully or frat guy or like that the opposite end of, you know, I'm never playing a gay character, hmm. um, which is interesting. But like this on Sex Lives actually was the first time that I felt like I I had so much fun doing that role first of all, but also just felt like I was trying to not be myself on set for some reason because I was playing like this frat guy who's like straight and like what if for some reason the writers or the directors are looking at me and they're like oh did we make the wrong casting choice do you know what I'm saying I was really in my head so you got nervous for the first time on set being perceived as too gay as yourself yes yeah wow. it was really weird so I was like almost like trying to um overcompensating I guess like just like trying not even overcompensating but you were going, aware I was kind of in my head about that so mm. I was like I'm just gonna be friendly with everyone but I was like you tried to the, tone it down 100% you know wow. so but then I don't want to be like super either like this or that because what if they're like no he's she's too gay to do this do you know what I mean it was really interesting I mean I don't know what you mean but that's well, why I'm asking yeah it was weird that was the first time that I really felt because I'm not the Disney one I was like didn't even think like that you know me right. and Mike we just had so much fun doing that but yeah, sex lives, I was like, holy crap. But that was the first time I was in my head about it. Oh, I was like, wow, am I doing too gay? <laughs> Have you ever hooked up with a man that's closeted? Mm, no, I haven't. I know that's like a like fetish for some people. They're like, I love like that. Cause, I mean, I think it's exciting like that. Hmm. I've had a lot of like straight people like closeted people. Like, I'm not, I guess not closeted, but like straight guys like flirt with me. And like, I've definitely entertained that. But I've never hooked up with a straight guy. Interesting. Maybe I need to. But like, no, no. My, 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 the, the, okay, the, my next question is, uh, you're in a healthy relationship. Oh. <laughs> Reminder. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. But that hasn't always been the case. Yeah. What do you think makes it work with this one? This one, to me, is healthy and it's different because we have so much in common. Like the grinder thing. He He's also never had grinder either. And again, like I don't have anything against that, but it was like cool to have something so extremely in common and not common in the gay culture. To find a guy who's never had grinders like a diamond in the rough. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's like trying to find a girl in Los Angeles without fake lips. <laughs> uh, literally. I just feel like we balance each other out and like it's like not opposite tracks. We're not that opposite, but like he's super hyper emotional in a way where like he could just like cry. He's like, he, he's like, sometimes he's like, I just need, I just need to cry today. I'm going to cry. And sometimes I'm like that. I hide my emotions and I like bottle everything in. So every like once a month, all of a sudden I'm like, I'll be coming back from the gym. Nothing's wrong or anything. And I'll sit in my car. I'm like, hmm, I'm about to cry. And all of a sudden I'll just like cry for like 10 minutes. And then but don't like, you think that's also how you were raised? You kept everything bottled up and tight for so long. Yeah. Because again, it's that in the way I'm raised, you're striving for this like image perfection. of perfection, which it's like, no, I'm not weak. No, I don't cry. I'm fine. I'm here to like, I'm here for you guys to lean on me. Like I have a lot of extra energy to give you. Like I have some friends who come to me and they're like, oh, after they hang out, hang out they're like, oh my gosh, I needed that. I needed like some Colton time. I need that energy of like, thank you so much. Like, I feel so much better. What is your perfect relationship or what do you think is perfection when it comes to relationships? Like I said, I feel like with Kyla, it's not perfect. Again, I had to realize that doesn't exist because that was such a hard thing for me. Mm -hmm. And that only happened like, like several years ago being like, oh my God, Colton, you cannot keep aiming for something that doesn't exist. Like you can try to do your best, but the perfection just isn't there. Wait, did perfection mean not fighting? Did perfection no, mean? No, okay. So no, I mean, me, me and Kyle definitely have like our moments. We definitely fight. We definitely have our moments, but like the communication is so important and that we have that we have really great communication i think perfection in a relationship is just like adapting for each other i think you, adapting is like normal and you should i think some people are like i'm not going to change for them i'm not gonna you know what i'm saying but that's not a bad thing i think it's good to 
changing could be growing, especially in a relationship. And like in the past, were you afraid to vocalize how you felt about things? Would you keep issues and relationships bottled up or was that not a problem? Yeah, I think I kind of did because, again, if I like vocalize them, then there's something wrong. The, the, mm-hmm. the, then we're not in a perfect relationship. Right. I always try to paint this picture with my friends even. I'm not as like that to this day, really. I think I'm a lot better. But when I have issues, I'm like, this is between us. I'm not letting my friends know this. I don't want them to know we have issues. We are great. You know what I mean? And that's also, again, probably this all probably stems from literally just growing up the way I did is, you know, because I try to paint this image that everything's okay. I'm fine. Like, no, everything's good. And like, that's when I think things become more explosive, obviously. um, Oh, I fully agree. I think all of the times whenever I feel an instinct or something upsets me in a relationship and then I don't speak on it, the next time it happens, it's more intense. And I think when you're new in a relationship or new to dating or new to your first boyfriend, sometimes it's a lot harder to vocalize the things that make you uncomfortable because you're yep. afraid of losing that thing. A hundred percent. That's just how like I used to be. I'm so glad I'm in a place now where like I again, a lot of these things seem so like cliche. It's like, you know, the communication, but that, that's such a huge thing that we've honed in on that's like really important that we do really well. We talk about everything. When he has issues, it's like we're not just going to sit there and like bottle it up. It's like, hey, like. That I did not like that. And then we dissect it and we're like, okay, I'm sorry. For somebody that's listening that might have a similar issue with perfectionism or the fear of voicing how they feel for the risk of it not being perfect or causing ripples in the relationship, how does somebody get better at that? What's your advice? Well, first of all, the realization that it just doesn't exist. First of all, like you're always going to have road bumps in relationships in general. But for me, I'm a very stubborn person. So I just had to understand for myself what my own roadblocks are for me because Half the time, we just stand in our own way or create issues, I feel like, for ourselves. And so I have to take a step back for myself and be like, okay, first of all, what's happening right now? Do you have control of this situation? If you do, then do something about it. And I'm going to, like, try to fix this. Or if it's not, then I'm going to stop freaking out. A lot of people freak out about stuff they don't have control over. Mm. And they keep continuing to try to fix something that you can't fix. So for us, it's like, okay, what can we actually truly, like, fix and work on right now? My only advice to add to that would be confidence. There's a confidence that comes with repetition. It's like if you can be brave enough to put yourself out there and express yourself the first time, it gets easier to do it this second time. Yeah. And that the longer you sit on your true feelings, the bigger they grow. It's like holding a hot coal and expecting it to burn someone else. Like, actually, it's just going to hurt you worse and worse and worse. The better you get at voicing how you feel in the moment, the easier it becomes. And so I do think it gives people that confidence. Oh, 100%. What I need in a relationship, too, is somebody, and this maybe it might feel like a game or something, but I don't feel like it is, but I just need them to ask even if I say no, keep asking me until it comes out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's so weird. It's like, again, it's like a game basically, but I don't feel like it's like that. And I'm like, why do I do that still? Why can't I just like, when something's wrong, just say it. And like you said, there's this confidence behind it where it's like, I, I don't know what I'm afraid of. Practice makes perfect. Truly. And I'm getting better, but I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I Again, it boils back to the whole thing. It's like, I don't want to seem like there's an issue. I don't want something to be wrong. I want to be in a perfect position. I want us to feel like I want the outside people to think like, oh my God, like I want to be like them. I don't ever want to be that couple. They're like, oh my God, like they're like fighting every time we're out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just like, I'm so afraid of that. And I don't think we're like that, but like, that's why like, I just like try to hold these things in for a bit. But well, I love that. Let's jump into the rapid fire okay. questions before we wrap this up. Okay. Your favorite killer move. What's a move that you make that always works? It's not something to like get them, but like there's a certain sound. I feel like <laughs> that sounds so weird. There was there's like this noise that I when I end up like physical with someone mm-hmm. that they just like eat it up. 
They you like want to <laughs> give us the sound? Is it a gurgling sound? Oh, no. Because uh, that like, really works for me. Does it? Mm-hmm. No, it's more of like a... <laughs> but it's like, even when you're just like hugging someone, it's like a... Like, you know what I'm saying? It's weird. They love it. They just eat it up. <laughs> Major, I can't wait to try that and see how that works for me. Cut to just like single forever. <laughs> Ah, ah. They're like, okay. <laughs> okay. Killer date versus date killer. What's your idea of a perfect date versus like something that is just a total boner killer on a date? So my perfect date is just like, I can like meet someone and just like hit it off and like could go out with them that night. Like when I message someone, I just want to like, I need it to happen like now. Planning for me is so hard. So fast. So it's like, I want it to happen fast and just like, just let's do it. And like, I always love, well, like have a good time with it. But like a date killer, I have this pet peeve when like how people drink and I'm like, if you drink this way, I'm like, no, no, no. Because then, obviously, I'm like, you're probably a bad kisser, too. <laughs> Major. Okay. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Okay, when it's like a water bottle that has, like, the top part, uh-huh. if you put... Uh, oh, sorry, all if, the if, lips if, around? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, I don't know if you do no. this, so it's hard. No. I, yeah. You have to sip it. You have to sip it. Like, yeah. if you put your whole lip... I, if you're going to blow your water bottle, <laughs> we have problems. <laughs> no, but, like, because you, oh, you can see... There's no way if you have your whole mouth to close your mouth and not let water come back in. So, like this, and half of it goes back in the bottle, and I'm like, no. Yeah, that's gross. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. What is your self-love practice? This is an interesting question because I... How do you bounce back from rejection? I just don't get rejected. Just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that is the most unrelatable thing I've heard on this podcast. Dope. <laughs> and if, I, if I'm like into someone and they're just not, not feeling it, I can just read it from like the very beginning. I'm like, they're not into it. And it's interesting because I'm like, hmm, I wonder why. But like, I also like don't really care. I but- love that confidence. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> It's really weird that you see a 10 and you're not into that. Oopsies. I'm like, that's very strange. I'm like, I don't know why you wouldn't be into this, but you know, whatever. Well, your last question. Okay. What's the best dating advice you've ever been given? For me, growing up the way I did, I have like a very like specific like moral like compass. compass. I do. And the people I relate to the most are, it's like similar that way. And again, that's going to fluctuate because you're going to experience things and you want to like go, you know, there's going to be like a whole roller coaster with that. But with the healthiest relationships I've had is like people who have just similar like core values. And like, that's something you can find early on in something too, you know, with people. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I've just kind of filtered through that. I think that. Okay. Colton, if people want more of you, how do they find you? You well, they can watch you on Sex Lives of College Girls. Which is coming out November on, 17th. On HBO on Max. HBO Max. Woo! Your movie's going to come out on Lionsgate. Yep. Snowfalls is coming out Lionsgate on January 17th. And in the meantime, where are your socials? You can find me across every social media platform at Colton Tran. T-R-A-N. T-R-A-N. Um, thank you so much for coming on here. I had a blast and you're the best. And we all cannot wait to watch you be a straight jock on <laughs> Sex Lives College Girls. I can't wait for you to see it either. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> That's where we oh, end it. It's done. We okay. <laughs> guys if you have a question that you would like to submit or you have a story that you would like to share i would love to hear from you and remember everything is a hundred percent anonymous and if you liked this episode 
please consider liking and leaving a review. I've said it a million times, but I will say it again. They actually help and they really mean a lot to me. And before we go, I would just like to say a special thank you to Cy Kiefer for sharing his story with us. You can find more of Cy and his hilarious, hilarious stories on TikTok at at Cy Kiefer, which is also listed below in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and see you next Tuesday. 